Next on BYU Sports Nation, West Coast Conference Basketball Media Madness, live from our home, away from home, Las Vegas. A loaded two-hour edition of the show with Greg Rubel, Jeff Judkins, West Coast Conference Player of the Year, the artist formerly known as Cassie Broadhead. Plus, who conference coaches picked to win the West Coast Conference Championship and your preseason BYU basketball expectations. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now live from the WCC Basketball Media Day in Las Vegas, Nevada. Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play from Studio B South at the Orleans Arena. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday, October 18th, wherever and however you are dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the only man on planet Earth that can explain to me what a Delta Devil is. Well, Jared Jordan. Well, they're sponsored by the airline Delta, first off. Okay. They were just the Devils, and then they got some money from the airline. So Mississippi Valley State got some money from Delta, the yes. airline. This is this is a uh, fact I got from Wikipedia, so it has to be correct. <laughs> This is the second home of BYU Sports Nation, by the way. We are extremely comfortable being here because we're here every year in March. We've never been here in October before. This is great. So what's happening? It feels happening? kind of strange, right? No, it feels amazing. Well, it's like 70 degrees outside. Fun, that feels awesome. We're in the Orleans in October. I love it. Here's one in six in football. It's, it's going to be okay. A needed respite. <laughs> What's happening today and tomorrow is West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days. So typically this has been in L.A. at the Time Warner Studios or at the YouTube headquarters in uh, the Bay Area. Today it's in the Orleans Arena and tomorrow in Vegas because this is where they hold the tournament. But it's the 10-year anniversary of the tournament being in Las Vegas this season. So here we are. Conference invited us. We're happy to be here. Um, so we're in kind of a basketball mood, which brings us to how many days yeah, the yeah. Delta Devils Isn't again? It for- Isn't it forever away? Countdown to the Delta Devils. 24 days. 24. 24 days away from 24. college basketball featuring the Brigham Young University Cougars. Now, a note about that. Next Wednesday, the Cougar tip-off is on the BYU TV app. October 25th. Yeah. We're counting down to the first regular season game. But there is a Cougar tip-off. There's two exhibitions. Yeah. So that is the countdown to the first game that will count in the standings. Yeah. But you will see BYU basketball yes. on a handful of occasions before that. And also, maybe we should call this Studio V. I like it. Right? Thanks, Matt Townsend, for that suggestion. <laughs> Studio V from the Orleans Arena. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Oh, yeah, BYU football still in the middle of the season, working to end a six-game losing streak. Hashtag beat ECU. Today marks the final day of preparation for the Cougars in Provo before they head east to meet the Pirates. Last night on BYU football with Kalani Satake, the head coach had this to say about the confidence level going to Greenville. It's uh, it's going to be a good matchup. We go to their home and then our – being in the East Coast, we're going to travel a little earlier, you know, and uh, just looking forward to seeing our fans out there to support us and, and playing a team that we think, you know, we have a lot of respect for and, and we know they're going through similar battles right now. So uh, one of us is going to come out the victor and uh, I feel good about our chances. 
Remember the conversation about, oh, the back half of the schedule is going to be so disinteresting for BYU football. It is absolutely interesting for the rest of the way. I'm upset that it's interesting. (laughs) I didn't want it to be interesting. It means it's really bad or really good. Hey, and Kalani's right. Both teams in a desperate situation looking for some sort of positivity. This BYU team needs to rediscover what that winning feeling is like because it plays on the psyche the longer this goes on. Amen. As mentioned, West Coast Conference basketball media days are in Las Vegas here today and tomorrow. Today is the Women's Hoops Day. Tomorrow the men's. The conference preseason poll and all-conference teams before the season to be announced at the top of the hour. Ah. Stay tuned. BYU men's basketball guard T.J. Haas named to the Jerry West Shooting Guard of the Year Award watch He's list. He's not a shooting guard. I, whatever, we'll take it. One of 20 players named to that watch list, recognizing the top shooting guards in Division One hoops. Now, Jerry West is the guy that is on the NBA logo. He's the logo. Uh one thing, uh, T.J. Haas, not a shooting guard, so why is he on this list? But we'll take it, know. like I said. And then two, is he one of the top 20 in college basketball preseason? Okay, that's cool. Getting a little recognition there. What would a T.J. Haas logo look like? It'd be a skinny guy. <laughs> that's what it'd be. Ashley Hatch is the NWSL Rookie of the Year to cap off an impressive first season with the North Carolina Courage. Seven goals, one assist, three game-winning goals. Congratulations to Ashley Hatch. How cool is that? I mean... It's one thing to be a high draft pick, but then to deliver the number two pick to that degree to so be the rookie of the year. She's not wow. the Michael Olawa candy of the NWSL. No, very cool. Paci- went to Pacific. They're in the league. Yeah. When I said that joke, I didn't realize there was a West Coast Conference there you tie go. in there. Whoops. A sincere congratulations to Ashley Hatch uh, on a lot of hard work <laughs> paying off. North Carolina Courage, who finishes the runner-up in the NWSL. What do they call that? The Cup? Yeah. Sounds good to me, Spencer. All right, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Media Day Madness. I need a two-day timeout from college football. Is it a 30 or a full? Uh, Full. Okay, full. Thank you. Full two-day timeout. Do we need to take a TV break? No, not right now. Okay. West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days in Las Vegas. As Jerem mentioned, the season that we are in now, embarking upon now, marks the 10-year anniversary for the West Coast Conference playing the conference tournament at the Orleans Arena, our BYU Sports Nation home away from home. The NBA tipped off last night. We're 24 days away from BYU basketball tipping off the official season. So why not discuss with today's Twitter question? What are your preseason expectations for BYU hoops? Use the hashtag BYUSN, at Twiggyerstone, to contend for West Coast Conference regular season championships. Win the game, games you are supposed to win in WCC play, that will set a solid foundation. The trend for BYU basketball since joining the West Coast Conference has been roughly 13 wins per season. 13-5 and five in league. Five losses, uh, two or three losses against the big dogs, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. They have a name. And then, yes, they do. Please use it. No, you remind You set it up. St. Zaga. St. Zaga. We call okay. the combination of St. Mary's and Gonzaga, St. Zaga. And then two losses to non-St. Zaga teams. Yeah. On they, average, 13-5. and five. That 13 has been, been BYU's We'll get you squarely resume. in uh, place two and a half. You're either two or three. You're not winning the league at 13-5. and five. Yeah, we did some research last year, and the average. This is the only time we did research. 
Apparently. <laughs> the average record for the team that wins the regular season championship, 16-2. and two. Yeah. 16 and, and that, two. And that ain't happening for BYU unless they do what Gonzaga does, which is never lose to non-St. Brigham teams. <laughs> Brigham's kinda, never been that called. That actually kind of works. Saint Brigham. He, he de- he's a Latter Day Saint, but he's never been called a Saint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sixteen and two typically wins the regular season yeah. in the West Coast Conference on the men's side. BYU averaging thirteen and five. Everybody knows that the key to happiness is managing, managing expectations. expectations. I don't need to read a marital book to know that. Holy cow! And don't don't BYU fans know that better than ever with what is happening on the football field and even going back to last basketball season. This is an interesting time. Should we find the Vegas book that said BYU was a, over under 10 wins? Should we find them and be like, hey, what was that all about? I don't know. I think I, I know which one it was. I'm Should so I say scared. it out loud? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Vegas. No. Yeah, we need. We went on record with our football predictions. We're going to do that for basketball as well. Oh, okay. Not I'm, today, though. No, right? okay. no. I'm, I was like, I'm not ready. During the basketball preview show, I'm just a little worried about having to go back and revisit those for football. Because <laughs> <laughs> so. we said we'd be accountable this year. Oh. Why did we course. say that? The one time we no like, no, we will be accountable. One in six. I love being reckless. No accountability. Come on, man. Come on. BYU basketball has enjoyed a measure of success in this building. Kind of. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU basketball teams, meaning the men and women's teams, have made the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship game a total of six times, the men twice, the women four times. Okay, six years in the conference. In this building. Six appearances in the championship game combined between the men's and women's teams at BYU. So Two for six, four for six. For the ladies. Yeah, so the men, it's one every three years. That's not often enough. And for the women, it's most Almost years. Almost every year, yeah. yeah. How about that? Two out of three. BYU averaging at least one team being in a championship game in this building each year. Now, the funny thing about that is the men's team has never – they've never really been close to winning a regular season championship. No. Like, it's never come down to, like, the final weekend, right? No. I mean, there's been chances where they needed to win two and they needed Gonzaga to lose both or whatever. Let's, but let's answer this question, okay? What's my expectation yeah, for BYU men's hoops? 20-plus wins, postseason berth, probably the NIT, finishing probably third in the league. I'm keeping them low, okay? Ba- football has taught us something. Also, basketball has taught me something. Listen, this team has some good young talent. I like the pieces on it. BYU returns four starters. But look, St. Mary's is really good. Loaded. Like, I don't know if you remembered how they crushed BYU. Did BYU make wholesale changes in the offseason just to beat St. Mary's? I don't know if that's the well, if St. Mary's bullseye is, of the reason, Mary's but is the it's best a team, reason. If St. Mary's is the best team, why would you not make changes to try and beat the best team? Like, in the NBA, people are making all these changes to match up with the Warriors. They're the best team. In the league, BYU's making changes not to be Gonzaga, match up with Gonzaga because guess what? BYU wins in Spokane. That's Three not years an, in a row. That's not an issue. Three it's, years in a row. It's beating St. Mary's in those pick and rolls and those wide open threes and those blah, blah, blah. Heath Schroyer has come in and changed things. And I don't know if BYU would, would uh, admit as much, but maybe there's a piece of it, 8%, I don't know, 80%, that to beat St. Mary's. St. Mary's returns four starters. Okay, Emmett Nahr, Calvin Hermson, Evan Fitzner, Jock Landale is back, Cullen Neal. Uh, they like what they're getting from uh, from Ford as well. Okay, They're, they're going to be the team to beat probably in this league due to how many starters they return. Gonzaga went to the national title game 
Also, they're Gonzaga. But they lost three beasts. Yes, they did. But the year before, they lost the bonus. And uh, Kyle Wilcher. Kyle Wilcher went to the Sweet 16. And what did they do the next year? They went to the I national they, title They game. had the Pac-12 freshman of the year transferring in Nigel Williams-Goss. An, an NBA draft pick. Now, the thing for Gonzaga You is, didn't see it, but it still happened. That's my point. Gonzaga typically has one of those guys, right? And that guy is Brandon Clark, transfer from San Jose State. Wait, you're, people Six are like, oh, eight, San Jose State. 17 points, nine rebounds, three blocks a game. He's there. They still have Jonathan Williams, Killian Tilly, Josh Perkins, Silas Melson. Listen, they're probably the, the number two when you come in just because of St. Mary's returning more starters and was a top 25 team. To me, BYU's playing for third in the league. Yeah, and all, that would be fine. All things considered, until I see something different, BYU is probably going to finish third or fourth in the league. Fourth would be a disappointment to me. Well, who knows? Like I have so many questions about this team because of all of the changes that they are making. Sure, but you return four starters. You don't have confidence. That's why I lean towards yeah uh, third. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens when the preseason polls and votes come out. Yes, how the coaches coaches feel about all of this. Yeah, yeah. Because they're in the mix, right? They they coach against, they scout against it. Obviously, uh, Randy Bennett's going to vote for Gonzaga. That we know, because he can't vote for himself. <laughs> what are your preseason expectations for BYU hoops? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's winter time. At Laser Sheep, keep opponents under seventy-five points a game. Take away the three-pointer much more often. I see twenty-two wins, give or take a few. I think BYU gets 20 wins. Will they make the NCAA tournament? That's the question. Coming up, how will the women's basketball team fare this season? We'll chat with Cassie Broadhead and Jeff Judge. The goal is to make the tournament. Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars, joins us with a stat that matters and a cool thing about Canada. Is he ready to talk hoops right now? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio from Studio V in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Our conversation happening on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We are talking expectations for BYU basketball today. That's right. And behind the mic is live tonight at 8 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app with Greg Rubel. If you haven't heard this show, it's a long-form interview conversation. It's really cool. You get to know athletes and coaches and former players uh, at a level that you don't normally often uh, get. So check it out behind the mic tonight, 8 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Yeah, we'll be joined by Greg Rebell in just a moment. What are your preseason expectations for BYU basketball? At Mel Reed and Wright tweets in, another win against the number one team in the country. On the road, no less. <laughs> Not too much to ask, right? Oh, my goodness. There's snark in there. Uh, BYU ain't playing a number one team in the country this year, unfortunately. Yeah, how high will teams like St. Mary's and Gonzaga climb in the polls? I think St. Mary's could climb, could climb into the, t- like, maybe into single digits at some point. Wow. If they win early because of what they did last year and they were a ranked team last year, seven seed in the NCAA tournament, like, they start with some pedigree, right? Yeah, and 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 uh, we'll see what their schedule is. Uh, typically, St. Mary's hasn't played like the, an incredibly tough schedule. They rack up a lot of wins, and the, you know, so there's there's at Cal. There's they do have Harvard. Harvard, and Cal. Uh, Dayton is a tough one. UNC Asheville, sneaky gets in the tournament. So there's not a game you look at and go, they're not going to have a chance in that one. So sure, they could rack up a ton of wins. Yeah, yeah. What will BYU face in terms of ranked opponents? 
out of the West Coast Conference. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. I'm sure ready to talk basketball, take a timeout from football, and discuss expectations. Greg, welcome back to the show. We're not in person, but we are with you in spirit, my friend. As I speak to you right now, so I, I do feel like, uh, like like we're still linked and bonded uh, electronically. <laughs> That's important. Uh, yeah, one week from tonight is the Cougar tip-off. And so uh, yeah, I'll be calling basketball in seven days. It's a good feeling. What is that like for you in the middle of a football season that finds BYU at 1-6 and six in a historic losing streak, preparing for a basketball team that's coming off of a, you know, and I use this term loosely, disappointing season? What, what's that like for you right now? Well, first of all, it's pretty good, you know, when your dip years are 22 wins and playing in the NIT, and that's where BYU's at. And I hope that uh, fans don't take for granted the kind of winning Dave Rose has done over his tenure, because what he does at that kind of level, consistency-wise, 20-plus wins every single year playing in the top two tournaments, uh, don't, uh, you know, don't take it for granted. Do appreciate what's been happening with BYU basketball to the same extent where football I hope people have appreciated how tough it's been to, to be 500 or better and get to a bowl game in 12 straight seasons because, uh, you know, those, uh, those streaks are in jeopardy this season. And so, uh, again, dip years come around, but they don't come around very often for BYU, whether it's basketball or football. And so I really do hope that fans do appreciate the kind of winning BYU's done with their two marquee programs over the last 12, 13 years. And, yes, it is a dip year now for BYU in football, but they're not the only team to experience it. And, and, and BYU is one of the few teams to have been – you know, to a bowl game in 12 straight seasons and winning as much as they have. And so these things do happen. And fortunately for Cougar Nation, they don't happen too often. But back to your original question, I love this time of year. October is a wonderful month because it becomes a three-sport month. And so from October into November, between football, basketball, and soccer, uh, you're doing, you know, three sports in any given week. And the games come hot and heavy. And it's a fun time of year because, uh, you know, postseason play is a factor in, in both football and soccer. Basketball is just getting going. But postseason goals are always there. So I love this time of year. Let's talk football, and then we'll get to our Twitter question in a sec. But uh, Kalani Sitake, uh, BYU football's Kalani Sitake last night. We've been kind of beating the same drum the last couple of weeks, you and I, as we prepare uh, the show for BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Yet he still has a good attitude. He's still hopeful that BYU is going to turn around. So what kind of sense do you get that this is the week BYU snaps the uh, losing streak? Well, you know, ECU really sets the table, right? Uh, uh, you know, the, their defense is, is historically porous. And so if BYU's offense is going to get on track, it has to be this week because everybody scores and everybody racks up huge yards against ECU. So if BYU is going to become the offense, they think they have the potential to be, they have to show it this week because everyone gets off against ECU. Everyone gets their numbers against ECU. And so, uh, you know, BYU has to join that group of teams. And, and I'm not saying they have to score the 50 points or average the 600 yards teams are averaging against ECU, but they have to show some productivity at a level uh, commensurate with their talent. I, I still believe that BYU has talent to a greater level they're showing. Despite all the issues BYU's had, they've, um, uh, they, they've not been as good as they believe themselves to be and I believe them to be. BYU more than ever needs to rediscover what it feels like to win a game. Let's say that the best-case scenario plays out for BYU. They come out, perform well, put together a complete game, beat ECU. At that juncture, is it reasonable to think that BYU can run the table after beating ECU because they have that winning mojo back to a degree and go to a bowl game? 
Well, if, if they beat ECU, it's reasonable to expect that they can string back-to-back wins together because they're home to San Jose State uh, the next week, and San Jose State has, uh, has a lot of uh, empirical uh, benchmarks that fall even short of BYU right now. If they were to get to that spot, you've got to get one before you get two, but if they were to win back-to-back games, then, then the Fresno State game becomes the linchpin game because, you know, by the numbers, that's the one game that BYU is not expected uh, to win of the final six. And you could argue that at one and six, you know, you, you can't expect BYU to, uh, you know, to, to be favored in, 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 in even five of six games down the stretch. But by the numbers, again, if you're looking at S&P and Sagarin and FPI and all these kinds of things, you know, there's one game that they'd be by those numbers uh, an underdog in, and, and that would be the Fresno State game. So that, that becomes your linchpin game. If you were to able to, if you're able to spring, string, uh, string together back-to-back wins, and then you go on the road and beat a Fresno team that by the numbers is better than you, then if you've gotten three, uh, you know, can you get the last three? And that's a, it's a week-to-week question, and I, I don't want to prognosticate that it's a possibility or a likelihood as much as that is the goal, that is the, uh, the end goal in sight. And we talked about it you know, last week. Uh, it, it's pretty clear what has to happen. Uh, anything short of 6-0 and uh, takes you out of the postseason mix. And so uh, it, it's at least a motivating factor. We'll see if that's, uh, that's enough combined with uh, the downturn in schedule to get BYU where it needs it to be. We look at ECU and we see 1-6. We see the defensive numbers that you mentioned. And you think, oh, BYU should win this game. Yet ECU's 1-6 is similar to BYU's in that Four of those six losses have come against teams that are in this week's top 25. Yet, uh, on offense, ECU can actually score a little bit. 22 a game. Thomas Sirk can sling it. Devon Grayson's a good receiver. He has more touchdown catches than BYU has as a team. This isn't uh, a one, This isn't UMass at 0-6. This is a different kind of 1-6, like a similar, uh, better version of uh, you know, like BYU at this point, right? Yeah, two very similar teams in both record and and strength of schedule. And then you look at the opponents that they've faced, the combined record of uh, of the six teams that have beaten uh, ECU is better than the combined record of the six teams to have beaten BYU. So they can argue that they've had just as tough a slog as BYU has, but their offense is better. Uh, they're 150 yards a game and 11 points per game better than BYU against similar schedules. Even some would say a tougher schedule by the rankings. And so BYU is going to have to score. Uh, ECU doubles up BYU in points per game. ECU's pass game is much more advanced right now than BYU's. BYU is going to have to produce unless the offense, uh, the defense goes lights out. And the defense has been the strength of this BYU team. Uh, the defense would have to be, you know, kind of lights out, have a great game to give BYU any kind of leeway offensively. Otherwise, if you get into shootout mode, ECU is the team uh, better equipped to win that kind of game right now. So BYU's defense has to be stout, has to be solid, and the offenses we talked about has to do what every team has done against ECU, and that is rack up yards and points. I mean, I'm not talking just – the averages just aren't, you know, a few big games and then some smaller games. Everyone has done it against East Carolina. From James Madison to, to, to UConn to Temple, everyone has – I mean, the, the low – the low in yards gained against ECU this year is 523 by Temple. <laughs> the, the, the low in points scored is 34 points. James Madison did it, and they won, and the Temple did it, and, and, and they won. And so, again, this isn't like a, you would be the exception to the rule if you don't get yards and points against, against ECU. So it's really a pride game. 
BYU, as I've said before, is better than they've shown. To prove it, they've got to go out and put some yards and points on the board against ECU. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Ravel, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Greg, what is a stat that matters? All right, the stat is 186.9. 186.9. That is the average pass efficiency allowed by ECU this season. Not the high, that's the average. BYU's offensive pass efficiency right now is 92.9, less than half of what ECU allows per game. The last game in which BYU was 186.9 or better in pass efficiency was Cal in 2014 with Christian Stewart. They were 194.4. Not since that game have they been up in this territory. That is the average against ECU. Again, we can't, we can't say it any more plainly. Everybody throws it. Everybody scores it against ECU. Can BYU do the same this Saturday? Well, I saw Tanner Mangum yesterday with glasses on. So I wonder if Clark Mangum or Tyler Magnum will show up for BYU <laughs> Saturday. I really don't know. But let's get to the Twitter question, Greg. What are your preseason expectations for BYU hoops? It's the uh, West Coast Conference Media Days. The coaches poll comes out tomorrow. Well, because it's Dave Rose, at least 20 wins and one of the top two postseason tournaments because that's how Dave Rose rolls. And that's uh, it's, that's it's, fair. It's, it's, it's absolutely that's program expectation. As clearly as you can state it. Now, Dave Rose and, and his teammates, or his, his players, I should say, and his coaches have made it very clear the goal, the objective is to get back to the NCAA tournament because for the first time in his tenure, it's been back-to-back years since the Cougars right. have gone to the big dance. What's the likelihood of BYU getting to the big dance, and how many wins would that require? Well, if you concede that uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's are both NCAA-bound, we're talking about the, uh, MW, or the WCC being a three-bid league again for that to happen, because I think it's, it, it's likely that St. Mary's and Gonzaga will both be in the big dance. We're talking about the WCC getting to three-bid territory, which has it's not, it's not impossible. It has happened. So uh, that's what would have to happen. As to number of wins, it's so tough to tell uh, today, but, you know, mid-20s upward has been, uh, you know, kind of the formula for Dave Rose uh, in the past. I don't think BYU will be picked anywhere other than third when the poll comes out tomorrow. It's where everybody has BYU this season. And if you're third to St. Mary's and Gonzaga, you can still be and have been a very good basketball team, as BYU has showed uh, in the past. And so no shame in being top three in the WCC, uh, considering uh, how good St. Mary's and Gonzaga are. And uh, yet BYU's proven, as they have in three straight years, they're good enough to contend and beat the league champs on their home floor. And so it's just going to be a matter of, of avoiding those quote-unquote slip-up losses, and it's always been that way. Uh, BYU's fared well enough against Gonzaga and St. Mary's uh, to have been right in the championship mix. It's just those, um, the, the, those few games every year that uh, Gonzaga and, and St. Mary's don't lose on a consistent basis that have kept BYU from being right at the top. That would be the objective, is you, you avoid any slip-up games and, and then do your best against the top two. Yeah, and get to Tuesday night in the championship game, see what happens. Okay, it's that time. It's a cool thing about Canada. It is a staple of the show. Gregory, what do you have for us today? Well, we kind of alluded to him uh, last week in talking a little hockey. But uh, Yaramir Yager, we brought him up last week, is in his 24th NHL season at the age of 45. He's on his ninth NHL team, but his first ever Canadian team. And it is likely with this Canadian team that Yaramir Yager will later this season 
become the NHL's all-time leader in games played. He's currently at 1,714 games. The all-time leader is Gordie Howe at 1767. So if Yaramir plays 53 more games, he will tie, and 54 more games, he will break Gordie Howe, Mr. Hockey's all-time record for games played in the NHL, and he will do it in his first-ever Canadian uniform, that of the great Calgary Flames. You could call him you could call him the Iron Man of the NHL, right? I call him Jaramir Yager. <laughs> And, and and you are and you are allowed to do that for obvious reasons. And he is second all time to Gordie Howe in points scored. I beg your pardon, to Wayne Gretzky in points scored. So Wayne Gretzky will never be topped. He'll never be topped in the points scored record. But number two is Yaramir Yager, who is on his number one Canadian team right now, the Flames. Great stuff, Greg. We uh, appreciate the time calling in, and thanks for watching the show as well. Don't forget to join Greg tonight behind the mic. That's a listen, right? You don't watch that show. You just listen to Greg on Behind the Mic. You can watch your phone as you listen. You are welcome. You are welcome to watch your app or your radio, (laughs) but it's not going to be as rewarding as it is watching Sports Nation every day. So, yeah, tonight's show, uh, it's my my courtside sidekick, uh, Mark Durant joining me. Uh, Brian Logan is on the show, and uh, Max Hall is is on tonight. So that's the lineup for this evening, 6 to 7 Mountain, 8 to 9 Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, the BYU Radio app, and BYURadio.com. Org, gentlemen. What did Mark Durant have to do to get on the show? <laughs> he knows somebody. <laughs> Greg, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you soon. You bet, guys. See you back in town. Greg so Rebell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Your values, your timeline, your financial future. Oh, Mark. He's been like, how do I get on that show? <laughs> it will be very, very entertaining tonight. I can promise he's you he's half that. as entertaining as he is on uh, Twitter. He's a social media superstar. Yeah. And coming up, what's the future of the West Coast Conference Tournament in Vegas? We'll talk to the Associate Commissioner, Jeff Toriel. And what are your expectations for BYU basketball in 2017? The key to happiness is managing expectations. We all know it better than ever this year. This is BYU Sports Nation. Viva Las Vegas! Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. This is Studio V. That's right. That's in Vegas, baby. Uh, today is a two-hour edition of the show. We're about halfway through hour number one, so stay with us for all two hours uh, today and tomorrow. Live from Las Vegas at West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days. What are your preseason BYU basketball expectations. We are discussing over the Twitter machine with all y'all. Hashtag BYUSN. Let's also refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Starting with this. BYU football. Mid-season. Working to end a six-game losing streak. Hashtag beat ECU. And we just learned from Greg Rebell. Everybody scores against ECU. Everybody. They're giving up over 500 yards average. 600. Well, the minimum has been what was 21? it? And the minimum points was 34 this year. It's B- time. BYU better get 28 points at least. It's time. <laughs> they can score. Can BYU outscore them? One yeah. of the nation's worst offenses statistically against one of the worst defenses. The third worst. No, it's the worst defense versus the third, third worst r- offense by yards and points. That's how you know. 
It is not even a question. It's just people this, okay? said the back half of the schedule wasn't going to be interesting. Come on. BYU. It might not be. Final the day. moment BYU loses another game, it's Stop not. It. Don't, don't, don't even take us there mentally right now. Oh, my gosh. BYU's taking us there. <laughs> They've lost six in a row. BYU heading east to meet the Pirates today. Final day of preparation in Provo. So West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days, as mentioned today and tomorrow. Today is the Women's Hoops Day. Uh, the conference preseason poll and team to be announced at the top of next hour. Stay tuned. We'll let you know. BYU men's basketball guard TJ Haas named to the Jerry West Shooting Guard of the Year Award. He's not a shooting list. guard. Can it just be the Jerry West Guard of the Year? No, there's too many guys. One of 20 players named to that watch list that recognizes the top shooting guard in well, Division One basketball. He's a guard who shoots, so I guess that works. Okay. And Ashley Hatch, if you didn't hear this, listen to this. She's the... Uh, NWSL Rookie of the Year. Number two pick, Rookie of the Year, uh, seven goals, and assists, three game-winning goals for the North Carolina Courage, and her team was the runner-up. Not bad. Three game-winning goals. So it's one thing to score a bunch of goals and, like, have an impact, but yeah. three Garbage game- time as a bench player winners? or something. No, no, no. Three game-winners. That's right. Fantastic so. stuff. And uh, I believe now she's she in, Australia in Australia playing soccer. Playing wow. soccer. Okay. It doesn't end. She could just be in Australia, but she's also playing if soccer. you can go cool. play soccer and get paid somewhere, why not? Yeah, that's the goal. Absolutely. What are your preseason expectations for BYU basketball? Our Twitter question today, and let's go back to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Greg Rosenhan, major improvement in using the shot clock to find the best shot and an improved effort on defense. Did BYU actually try to use more of the clock last year? With the offense working through Eric Mika inside out. Yeah. It was more, but it wasn't a ton. This year, BYU is actually going to... Speed it up? No. No. They're going to use more of the clock. BYU is more like St. Mary's than they are old BYU this year. And I said that earlier, if you missed it, that BYU has made some changes, in my opinion, to try and be more like St. Mary's. Not that slow, but more defensive mind and more possession valued. Okay, those things are the hallmarks of championship teams. See, and I just don't know because Dave Rose basketball you don't teams think it'll get happen? up and down. Well, the you floor, can't be man. both. You can't be like, listen, we're going to value possession and take our time in offense, and we're also going to run. Like, yes and no. You can run when the opportunity is there in transition, but that's a mindset, almost more than a physical activity. <sighs> what are your preseason expectations? Do you expect up tempo or more like St. Mary's? I expect points. Coming up, which Cougar? Is crushing it at the next level. Yeah. And the West Coast Conference Associate Commissioner, Jeff Toriel. What's the future of this tournament in Las Vegas? It's been 10 years. You can tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. To my left, Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We are live from Studio B South or Studio V. Studio V. It's a thing now. In Las Vegas. Put it on the gram. With your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. The gram. The gram. You really are trying to get that out there, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Instead of Insta, you want it to be the gram. No, it's a thing. I'm just one of the people. Like, top button is not my thing. It's a thing. I'm one of the people. This top button has a little bit more uh, stay than the gram right now. Okay, true. <laughs> Points, point spender. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Listen, tomorrow this man 
Spencer Linton, Spencer Kent Linton, is going to fly back to Provo to call a soccer game, okay? Tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time, women's soccer plays 13th-ranked Pepperdine. This is a really important game for the Cougars and the Waves in league play. It's tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The Waves are good. 10-2-2 two two overall, undefeated in West Coast Conference play at 4-0. BYU searching for a, a win that could change the course of their season. This would do it. It would do it. Even even a tie would probably be a good result there. Hey, speaking of greatness in the conference, yes, Jerem, yes, it's not often we get to welcome the first ever guest of our BYU Sports Nation simulcast back to the set, but we are doing that right now. Jeff Torrio, the Jeff. West Coast Conference Associate Commissioner, welcome, my friend. Thank you, Spencer and Jerem. Glad you're here. Glad the whole BYU TV crew is here. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks for the invite. This is great to be here. We're super weirded out by the fact that we don't have, like, four games to do in, like, three hours <laughs> What, right what do we do after so this? So we're like, we don't even know what to do with our time. But uh, th- this I can put you to work, I mean, if that's what you're that's asking. That's all right. Okay. I don't work enough. Anyway, uh, the basketball media days, these have been in L.A. and San Francisco, all over the place. Las Vegas this year, because of the 10-year anniversary, kind of a celebration this year of uh, – being in Vegas. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? So this is the first time um, that we've had this event here since we moved our tournament here back in 2009. Of course, before BYU was in the conference, before I was here or any of our current staff. Um, but we're certainly excited to be here to celebrate. I mean, the fact that this tournament has been here nine years already and this coming March will be the 10th. It shows how, how quickly time flies. I mean, I remember the first time before BYU was even a member of the West Coast Conference and BYU TV came to our tournament in 2011 in broadcast tournament games. Like, how cool is that? And then BYU Sports Nation launches the TV simulcast. I mean, history is made yeah. in this spot here at the Orleans Arena. Yeah, we're in a better spot here than we were over in the stand. <laughs> I was by myself, like, up on a, you know. I anyway, liked that platform. I was just by myself. I was lonely, I think, fair. is what I'm getting at. That's but fair. Yeah, we love being up here on the third floor. It's great. When did this idea to run Media Days as part of the 10-year anniversary come into play for the west coast conference so we've had the event in uh los angeles since 2012 and it's really worked well with another one of our television partners we've done it in their studio and uh, they've been a great partner they still are but as we kick off this 10th anniversary celebration which will really be a season-long celebration culminating in the tournament in march we wanted to do something different um and so what we've done in addition to of course the obvious moving here to las vegas and the arena uh, as we've separated the events out. So today is the women's event and tomorrow's the men's. And in the past, they've they've been held concurrently. And based on feedback from coaches and student athletes, we wanted to, to try to give everybody the attention they deserve. And so as we went to separate them out, uh, the arena, being a great partner, said they would love to host it. And so here we are. Who doesn't want two days in Vegas in October? That's exactly right. BYU's one and six in football. This was very well-timed Thank for us. you, We Jeff. appreciate that. As long as I'm not getting the blame for the football part. <laughs> well, we're blaming everybody, so all right. it's, it's all good. Uh, so stay with us, by the way. In the next hour, we will uh, tell you the coaches poll and the uh, West Coast Conference preseason team for the women's side tomorrow, the men's. So what's the future of this tournament in Las Vegas? How long are you uh, contracted with the Orleans Arena? Uh, we're here in 2018, of course, this coming year, and then 2019 we're back as well. Uh, and then we'll talk to the arena and, and decide what, what's best for the conference. I mean, they've been a great partner. We've loved it here. The building's been full every year we've been here. Um, we, we couldn't be happier, but we'll, we'll see what happens after that. But we're definitely here at least two more years. What are those contracts like, those discussions like? Because it, it seems some people are like, well, why don't you just sign like a 20-year deal? But 
everything is fluid, right? Especially in college sports. It is. And, and the danger with, with going too far out is dynamics change. If we have different schools in our conference or not in our conference with different fan bases, of course, um, the city of Las Vegas, they could change what's important to them. The arena, um, Boyd Gaming, who owns this building, could decide that having an arena maybe isn't as important to them as it was. You know, who knows? So you don't want to go too far out. Um, concurrently, as you know, uh, our our tournament is one of the earlier ones as we finish on a Tuesday night and, and many other conferences play through the following weekend. Uh, and that's part of our ESPN contract. Well, our ESPN contract also has these same two years remaining. So uh, the summer of 19 will be a very busy one for us, but but everything's kind of concurrent and we'll, we'll reevaluate everything all at once. Is the league still riding the high of Gonzaga having gone to the national championship game? Because that was quite a moment, not only for Gonzaga, but for the league as well. Absolutely. I mean... Um, you know, they're the, the national runner-up and, until next March or April at least. So we're, we want to milk that for all it's worth. What an incredible experience for them. And, you know, they've got a lot of new faces on that team this year, but they've been in that situation before. So we'll, we'll see. What does something like that do for a conference? Not just exposure for the WCC, but, like, what, how, how does that affect – everything that you're trying to accomplish as the associate commissioner. Yeah, it, it, I mean, the exposure piece is incredible, and that's not something you could pay for if you had the dollars. I mean, you can't purchase that. But beyond that, it really um, helps legitimize our conference as a basketball conference. That's how we view ourselves. That's who we pretend to be. And now having a, a national runner-up, we had St. Mary's you know, advance to the second round again, and two top 25 teams start to finish, and they're both – preseason top 25 depending on what pool you're looking at right now so having those two and then if okay how do we get a third and a fourth into the discussion and then when we get three how do we get a fourth and a fifth into the discussion and so it's an ongoing process and there's no easy fix but certainly having a, a national runner-up a team in the final four do, doesn't hurt with any of that yeah yeah always hoping to be the number three team probably in that mix at least right um what kind of race do you expect this year on the men's side where you do have two potentially, again, top uh, 25 preseason teams. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough, right? I mean, you can never, ever discount what Gonzaga has done and what Mark Few has built there and had, and not only built but has been able to sustain all these years with um, with graduation and, and players leaving to go into, into the professional ranks. Um, but they've been able to reload and really haven't dropped off. It's incredible. But boy, St. Mary's on on paper is they're pretty good. Yes, St. Mary's are. is is really talented, um, and they bring back almost all of their offense. Uh, they have to replace Joe Rahan defensively, so they'll have to figure that out. Um, but Randy Bennett has has accomplished quite a bit in Moraga, and so I, it's going to be a fun race to watch. And then, really, as you kind of look at the the next grouping, there's so much unknown. I, I don't know. That's the, that's the fun part of this time of year, at least fun for us. Yeah, yeah three, we don't know what's BYU a little like, bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's right. going to happen. Yeah, exactly. I what think a, that's very fair. What about on the women's side? Uh, teams uh, leading the charge and, and earning, uh, I guess, accolades uh, moving into, you know, what we expect to be another exciting season. Yeah, and, and on the women's side last year, you know, we had three postseason teams again. And so I think, you know, San Diego is a team that, that uh, on the women's side has consistently been – uh, postseason caliber team. St. Mary's has been a postseason caliber team. BYU and Gonzaga. And so I, I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. And look at what San Francisco did coming in uh, two seasons ago now and, and winning this tournament as a six seed. So uh, I think the don't women's side will us, be. Jeff. <laughs> Just making sure you <laughs> Against knew. BYU. Yes. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I left that part out. Yeah, you did. You did. But I remembered. Uh, what else is going on in the league that's getting attention nationally right now? 
I mean, clearly it's been a great fall for us, and you look at the success in particular BYU cross-country has had. Uh, Portland cross-country has been terrific. You mentioned Pepperdine soccer ranked 13th right now, uh, and we've got strong volleyball as well at the top end of our conference. So really the fall has been super strong, and we're hoping to finish out that way and then carry that, of course, into men's and women's basketball. Oh, yeah, I guess BYU women's volleyball has uh, They're done, they, eight. done some good then things. I remember right? that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm forgetting that San Francisco tournament loss a little bit easier now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, uh, what are you looking forward to most uh, over these next few days here at uh, the Orleans Arena? You know, it's really a lot of fun. We've got a, a lot of great um, activities for the coaches and student-athletes. For us as a conference, it's an opportunity to um, do interviews and capture content that we can use all season long on our digital platform and also come March on the video board here here at Orleans. So we'll be, we'll be doing a lot of that content capture. We've got a live show. Of course, you guys are live a couple hours today and tomorrow. Uh, and then the coaches in the afternoon get together and have a, a two-hour meeting that, that I will not be a part of, and I'm okay with that. Can we get that on Facebook Live, that meeting? I don't think you'd want to watch that. <laughs> Put it on no. the gram, right, Jerem? I, I want to That's see not coaching. a thing. I see... It's Insta. It, it, it's not the gram. <laughs> oh, our time's run out with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Don't don't, don't bring rational We've conversation been for what, to this. Seven years, but that's yeah, just not been, a thing. Yeah, good. Sorry, oh. Jeff. It's great. I can't to hear it in my left ear. That's weird. It's <laughs> not working. Have think. fun, guys. You got it. We Thanks, wish you Jeff. the best of luck moving forward. Thank you, and we'll be we'll be sitting in these seats before you know it again in March. Seriously, you're welcome to stay. We got a few football know. games yeah. to play. Yeah, okay. us yeah. in San Diego. You get us a deal for the next five months here at the Orleans. March After will be. 2019, we'll talk. Yeah, 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 later. Exactly. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Hey, we're talking basketball today. What are your preseason expectations for BYU basketball? Hashtag BYUSN to send in your responses. Oh, coming up, hour number two. Sorry, what? We have a two-hour show? Not just today, Sweet. but tomorrow as well. That's great. TJ Haas in the same conversation as the guy on the NBA logo and who made the all-West Coast Conference team on the women's side. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Welcome back. If you have missed any of today's show, check it out on the gram. Oh, my goodness. Yes, you can follow behind the, behind scenes. the scenes stuff on yeah. Insta or Instagram. On the or, IG. Or even IG. On the gram. The gram? Yeah, the gram. <laughs> hey, you know what time it is. It's time to whip it. Yeah. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Football is ranked number two in ESPN's bottom 10. Yeah. And number 13 in CBS Sports' bottom 25. Why are we even mentioning this? And plays bottom ranked number six and number nine ECU Saturday. That just stinks. Men's basketball. I don't even want to talk right now. <laughs> BYU men's basketball. We're doing a whole TJ second Huss hour, bro. You got to bring it. To the Jerry West Shooting Guard of the Year Award watch list. Haas, one of 20 players named to the watch list that recognizes the top shooting guards in Division One basketball. Women's basketball. Is he the top point guard who's on that shooting guard list? West Coast Conference Media Days today and tomorrow. Coming up in the next hour, we will announce the preseason poll and the preseason teams. Stay tuned. Boy, I wonder if Cassie Broadhead will be on those lists somewhere. She will. <laughs> Last as, night was the blue and white scrimmage, uh, by the way. As the reigning, yeah, as the reigning West Coast Conference Player of the Year. The blue and white scrimmage, Malia Nawahine scored 22 points. Wow. Transfer from? Utah. Yes. People working together. First exhibition game of the season, Thursday, November 2nd, against Colorado Mesa. Shout out to the Western Slope. Soccer. 
Ashley Hatch, the NWSL Rookie of the Year, kept off an impressive uh, rookie season with North Carolina. Seven goals, three assists, three game-winning goals. Tennis. BYU men's tennis begins the USTA ITA Mountain Regionals today in Provo. Tournament includes 18 teams, 128 players. Players will compete for a berth to the 2017 ITA Fall National Intercollegiate Championships. It's too long of a name. It matters. What are your preseason expectations for BYU basketball? Let's go back to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94, be competitive for number one in the conference, make the WCC championship game, but really just make it to the big dance, please. Be competitive for number one? That means two losses or three. I'm just that, cool that, if that's BYU's asking a lot to me. Bubblicious this year to oh. get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'll take it. Like, great. I'm expecting NIT, and I'm hoping for NCAA. That would be that I'm would not be great. expecting NCAA for this year. 23-24 yeah. wins. Listen, this team is good. We're st- we still have some unknowns outside of the kind of returning four starters there. Okay, Can Dalton Nixon inject some life into this team off of Michigan? He looks good. Does Zach Selyus still have the stroke? I'm betting he does. Yeah, and how is the health him. of Eli Bryant? Yes. Is, is he, what kind is of an he, impact will he have? Yeah, he can, can he take a step forward? Um, can Nick Emery be more like his freshman year than his sophomore year and so on? Can BYU play good defense? So there's some questions to answer. At Lacey Dentist, yes. not to start one and six. Okay. Yeah, I can. <laughs> is there an opposite of the elite tweet of the day? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will shave my head if BYU basketball starts one and six. You will? <laughs> yes. They're not going to do that. Dang it. I can't. You can't make it where I. The delete tweet of the day. I love it. You can't make it where I root for BYU to start one and six because no, I want you to shave your know. head. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I want to see what's under it the should, dome. It should be a punishment, okay? <laughs> it would be a punishment for that to happen. Oh. You should have said for everyone. For, what if you had said that for football? Oh my goodness, that would have been crazy. But who? Th- nobody saw this coming. Nobody. Good gravy. Uh, normally, this is where we sign up, but we're in Vegas, so why not do another hour, right? Yeah. Media days. Let's go. Coming up in the next hour, Jeff Jackson, Jeff Jenkins, WCC Player of the Year, Cassie Broadhead, Devis Ray. Yeah, is that the way to say your last name? We'll ask it. We'll announce the women's coaches poll and the preseason all-WCC team as well. Stay tuned for hour number two. Next on hour two of BYU Sports Nation, an October Vegas business trip. The West Coast Conference Basketball Media Day Madness continues at the Orleans Arena. Jeff Jenkins tells us if his team has championship medal. And West Coast Conference player of the year, Cassie Bradhead, DeVagere, will join us. That was a nice pronunciation. Plus, the WCC preseason women's coaches poll and all WCC team reveal. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from the WCC Basketball Media Day in Las Vegas, Nevada, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. If one hour is good, two are better. Hour two of your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B South, or just Studio V, mm-hmm. as we make that transition from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Bonus show! By the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Shall we do some headlines, my let's friend? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Wait, do we have the sound it's again? your BYU Sports Nation Oh, headlines. yeah, we do. 
BYU football working to end a six-game losing streak. Hashtag BDCU. And pretty much everyone has, so hopefully the Cougars can too. Today marks the final day of preparation for BYU football in Provo before they head east, way east, to Greenville, North Carolina to meet the Pirates. West Coast Conference Media Days are in Las Vegas today and tomorrow. Uh, coming up uh, a little later in the program, we will announce the preseason poll and the all-conference teams. BYU men's basketball guard T.J. Haas named to the Jerry West Shooting Guard of the Year Award watch list. At this time, he, we're just going to name him. We're just going to call him a shooting guard, okay? A, guard, a point guard who shoots. A That's point what guard I'm who call. shoots. Yeah. One of 20 players named to the watch list that recognizes the top point guards that shoot or just shooting guards. Well, they di- recognize shooting guards. In Division One basketball. And actually Hatch is the NWSL Rookie of the Year. That's Professional Women's Soccer League in the U.S. To cap off an impressive season with the North Carolina Courage. Seven goals and assists, three game-winning goals. She's playing in Australia professionally now. You know what? I feel like... For hour two, as far as trending goes, Jeremy, let's ramp it up. Let's uh, let's go ahead and talk to the reigning West Coast yeah. Conference Player of the Year. Yes, Cassie Broadhead, the artist formerly known as Cassie Broadhead, because she got married. It's Devagerade. Are we saying that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. Devagerade. This name on the team now. How does uh, Jeff Judkins say it? Uh, perfectly, surprisingly. What? what? He can't get my first name right, but he gets my last name. Devagere, we lead the league. It's going. That's amazing. It is amazing. Wow. The other day in practice, he said it perfect. Devagere. Yeah. Were you like? Oh, shocked. I was shocked. Yeah. Everyone was shocked. We had a little moment of silence. <laughs> you know, in honor stop. of a correct thing. Everybody stood up and clapped. Yeah, exactly. Right. Let's catch up with you from last season to now. So last season, you win WCC Player of the Year. Uh, you guys go to the NIT. What, what's your off season been like? You get married. Uh, you is your tooth doing okay? We got to catch up with you. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. My tooth was good. I was nervous for wedding, um, but there. Straight. Yeah, let's re- okay. Let's rewind to that. You get elbowed in the face. Your mm-hmm. tooth is like hanging on a limb, and you come back into the game. Like what? what? We had to win. <laughs> we had There's to a, win. That's a winner right there. Oh, I love it so much. But everything's good now. Everything's good. Grills uh, in place. Yep. Still, will need dental work in the future, but it could have been worse. Was it worth it? Mm. It was worth it. <laughs> there you go. It was worth it to come back. <laughs> What's your husband's name? Travis. Travis. I've walked into the Merritt Center Annex before, mm-hmm. although I can't get through with the uh, thumbprint there. i got to talk to Heath Roy and those guys. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll talk to Jetty. Yeah. Uh, he rebounds for you, and, like, mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what role does – is he the rebounder in your marriage? Is that the role he plays? <laughs> so, yeah, we shoot a lot. He plays at Westminster. Oh, okay. And so it's He'll kinda... play against BYU? Yeah. Wow. wow. That's, a, that's an exhibition game for so, BYU. Yeah, so, so we always, like, free time or – because we both need to shoot, we'll rebound for each other. And so over the course of the summer, we were in there every day, which was nice. And yeah, nice so for them to let him come. That's true. I, like, is he sitting there, like, rebounding, like, doing this, <laughs> you know, looking over his shoulder? What are they doing? Thankfully, yeah. we never went when they were there. We tried to keep those two separate. That could be really awkward, right? Yeah. I can't believe we waited this long to ask this question. What did Juddy get you for a wedding present? Mm. <laughs> Um, he came to my wedding. That was big. That's good. Wow. He gave me a little note card, and his wife made us a little treat. So. And he memorized your last name. He did. That is the greatest gift. <laughs> he did. He could have given you. He didn't oh, call you Kathy. No. <laughs> on your wedding day. He didn't. Congratulations, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so last night was the uh, blue and white scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that Malia Namahine scored 22. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, another good. Sco- another kind of high-powered score on the team. What do you think of this group that you have going into the season? Um, well, as you can see probably from last night, we were a lot faster and taller, which you never would think those two things would go in the same sentence. Faster and taller. Faster and taller. And just more dynamic, as you could tell from Brenna and Malia. Um, we can shoot. We can drive. Um, I just feel like we really stretch the floor, um, but then we also have inside presence. And so I think we were missing some of those things at certain points in the season. Bigs would be on and then guards would be on, but we never quite mesh. So hopefully this year we'll be able to um, have a wide variety of assets to use. And as we saw from last night, Malia can score a lot of points for us, but then we also have a lot of players that maybe had a little off night but have a lot of potential. Well, again, you're the reigning conference player of the year. So what – what do you work on? What did you work on all off season to try and better your game? Um, so I always focus on efficiency, um, especially with the people I knew we had coming in. Um, there's going to be a lot of shots for a lot of people. Um, so my main goal is to be efficient, um, to have a high shooting percentage so I don't have to take a lot of shots. Uh, can be more of a playmaker, more of a passer. Because if I'm the only one scoring, that's easy to guard. And so my main focus was this summer to get everybody on the same page, to be that leader, to um, help all the new freshmen, all the new players um, understand his system because it's, it's, it's complex. And so that was my main goal, have, be in great shape so I don't have to come out unless necessary. And so those three things are my biggest things, and hopefully this year I'll be able to show. Do you want to play all 40 minutes? Like, is that your preference? <laughs> I mean, it's nice to have a little bit rest, but if that's what it takes to win... I can do it. There, there's yeah. a competitor in the game where you just don't want to come out, right? And yeah. if you come out, it's like, I just have to come out because I'm too tired. Um, that's the case for me in church ball. Uh, <laughs> today, uh, in fact, in a few minutes, the preseason teams and poll will come out. Do you care about these things? Do they provide motivation if it's not what you want? Does it validate you in any way? Um, I don't really care for them. I care about the team one because I think that if we're undervoted, I think – um, it creates a lot of motivation. Um, when we went to the Sweet 16 a few years ago, we were voted fourth or fifth, I think, and yeah. everyone took that as a like seriously. Um, so I think it's a good thing, um, but I don't look at it as too much as oh they foretell our future. I think take it more as well. That's what they think. We'll see. See if they're right. So you almost want it to be too low. Yeah. So that it's Vote motivation. Us last place, that's inter- please. Yeah. That's that's interesting, yeah. Just feels fire. Right. Yeah. We mentioned uh, Malia Nawahine, the transfer from the University of Utah. Who else is going to turn some heads this year? Because we, we know about you and and saw just a glimpse of what Malia does, but who, who else will turn heads on this BYU team? I think Chalet Salmon will turn a lot of heads. I, she had an up-and-down year last year, but she was a freshman. Um, she had a lot of learning to do, but she's been such a force in practice. No, no one can stop her. No one can, you know – the only person that can stop her is herself. And so um, I think she has a chance to be an all-league player. Um, and a lot of people don't see that, don't know that, because of maybe the ups, ups and downs of last year. But she worked really hard. Um, along with Chalet, I think Amanda's going to be a vital role. Um, she's going to be that key role player that people don't notice. They don't see the stuff on the stat sheet. She's you know, our emotional leader. She's She does all the dirty work for us. Um, and Brenna, um, she had a good freshman year and she's continuing to grow 
So I think we have a lot of people that are going to surprise a lot of people. Um, so I'm excited for them. I'm excited for our new freshmen um, because we have good freshmen. Yeah, the New Zealand connection is still in play. Even though Kalani Purcell is gone, Shalake is uh, representing uh, New Zealand. 6'3", sophomore. I mean, she's, she's got a lot of talent. In, in uh, the men's game and in the NBA, like, length is a huge deal now with, you know, defensively and, like, 6'8 guys that can shoot threes or whatever. You, you said taller, faster. Mm-hmm. Is, did BYU recruit that way in the offseason? Is that a thing in the women's game more? Hey, we need a little more length? Yeah. No, they, Juddy has always uh, had good bigs, tall bigs, and we kind of lacked that last year. Um because of different circumstances. So I think it was a major goal of his and the recruit um, and all of our coaches in recruiting to have length because it, it affects the game. You know, you can't teach length and it affects so many shots. It affects how we play defense and it affects other teams, how much they attack or don't attack. So um, I think it was definitely planned. Juddy did his work and um, I think it will benefit us. What do you expect from this BYU team early in the season? Because there are so many question marks always when you, when you get oh, going. Yeah. Like, so what, what do you anticipate early in the season? Um, we're going to have some ups and downs, not clicking as much probably because of so many new faces. But I think we're also going to have spurs where we realize, like, wow, like, we are good. And I don't think we even realize how good we can be. Um, but we have a potential with, I think we have nine games at home to start the preseason. So I think we have a huge potential to win 10 games. And um, I think that's going to surprise everybody with how many, with who we lost, very vital, important people, and then who we gained. You know, Kalani, Fuller, uh, Kenzie, they were big roles on this team. Kalani, a two-year starter, starter Kenzie, a three-year starter. And so how do we fill that void? Um, but I think we have the right pieces um, to fill that void and hopefully be better. Let's look at that schedule for a second. You play at Washington. That's a return trip there since they were uh, in Provo last year. Uh, Georgia at home, that's a good game. Great game. Utah State and Utah. Uh, the Malia Nawahine versus the old teammates that's game, right. December 9th at Cal, December 16th. So there's a good uh, non-conference slate. Um, you want to get into the X- NCAA tournament. Being in that large position is always nice, but uh, what does the non-conference slate maybe do in preparation for this team before you get here in mm-hmm. March? Um, well, they always try to get teams that are a little bit more physical, kind of an East Coast-style game because... Um, you like the, that. You're from New York. <laughs> yeah, it's my kind of style of ball. Because um, in the NCAA tournament, you don't know where you're going to fall. And if you don't prepare for that, um, it's just different. Um, and so I, our coaches try really hard to make it so we have a... Um, a good preseason schedule, but also one that, you know, we can accomplish. Um, not something that's too far-fetched. And and so we need to have a good preseason in order to get into the tournament um, because of our conference. We don't, we don't get a lot of those bids like the big conferences. And so our preseason is very important. And so that's kind of like we don't overlook it. Uh, we have to win games. We have to win a lot of games in order to be seen uh, by the NCAA committee. Cassie Broadhead DeVagere with the song. DeVagere. Sports Are we Perfect. saying it correctly? Mm-hmm. DeVagere. It sounds like a perfume or a cologne. <laughs> yes. Very f- kind of fancy. Very fancy. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, when you look at the, the other uh, teams in the West Coast Conference, the other players, you're going to see some of them today mm-hmm. uh, in there. Do you have someone that you communicate with outside of 
like your BYU circle? Or is it like, uh-huh. okay, you're on the other team. There's kind of a division <laughs> of state here. I, I don't really. I know Jetty's really close with the St. Mary's coach. Mm. Paul, um, Thomas. Paul Thomas. Paul Thomas. Yeah. So they're really close. But I have a little connection with San Diego because Stephanie Rivetti is on their staff and she played here. But oh, okay. other than that, I not just play. Handshakes. <laughs> It's not hug. It's not hug situations. It's handshakes. Today. Yeah, just respect <laughs> competitors. Let's finish with this. We always give Dan Nielsen and Melinda when she was here a hard time about getting technical fouls. Who is the first coach to get a technical foul this season this on the year? BYU bench? Probably Dan. <laughs> <laughs> he defends us, so yeah. it's yes, a good does. thing. Yeah, it's yes, a good he thing. does. They're good techs. Yeah. Cassie, it's great to uh, have you with us. Best Thanks of luck in the us. approaching season and some BYU Sports Nation karma if you would yeah. like it. No, I need all the karma I can get. And right. we can't wait to see your husband. What's his name again? Travis. Travis. DeVagere. Travis DeVagere, Westminster versus BYU in a couple weeks in the Merritt Center. He's been scouting the Cougars. Yeah. <laughs> are you wearing a Westminster shirt that night or are you going to keep it BYU? I have to. He's my husband. I <laughs> uh, understood. Yeah. So. Just checking your loyalty. <laughs> Blood is thicker than water, Jerem. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means in that instance. Scientifically, I guess that's accurate. <laughs> right. yeah. Thanks again, Cassie. Thank you. I almost called you Kathy for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know him by every name in the book Kathy, now. Kathy DeVajue, <laughs> number one going in the league. What are your preseason expectations for BYU basketball? Also, hey, the polls are out, Jerem. Who's, who's the team to beat in the West Coast Conference? Is it Brigham? She's going to be on the preseason team. I can guarantee that. Yeah, if she isn't, it's a very, very gross The travesty! Coming back with the polls and WCC All-Conference teams. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio live from Studio V, the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, our home away from home. Join us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up Saturday at 6 Eastern time, we have Ken down to kick off live on BYU TV as we get ready for BYU in East Carolina. Spencer Linton will be in Greenville, North Carolina, in the not a state of East Carolina, as some people have phrased it a little. I'm like, that's not a, that's not a state. Just remember that. North, south, no east, west. Yes, it's just. There's yeah. a West Carolina University there, the Catamounts. There is East Carolina, and they are the Pirates. Yes. Okay. Oh, is it? Is it? It's Western, Western Car- Carolina. It's Western Carolina, yeah. but not Eastern Carolina. East I've heard Carolina, a lot of people okay. say Eastern Carolina. Countdown to kickoff. Six Eastern. Do not Saturday. miss it. Jeff Judkins will join us shortly, and that's big because he just found out where the coaches have picked his team to finish. Yes. And it, who made the all-West Coast Conference preseason basketball out. teams. It is out. So let's discuss what has happened. The team picked to win. Women's, the women's basketball preseason or the women's basketball championship. Men's tomorrow, women's today. In the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga. Not so a the shot. Gonzaga ladies led by head coach Lisa Fortier. Eight first place votes. So that's one shot the overall. max. Yes. Yeah, nine, you can't vote for your own team. St. Mary's and Paul Thomas, their head coach, picked to finish second with two first-place votes. Probably one of those, I'm guaranteeing, coming from Lisa Fortier of Gonzaga. Yeah, why, why can't you vote for your own team, by the way? Like, what, like, they, like it's a faux pas to like your own post on the gram. Oh, stop. Why it. is that? Of course I like my post. I posted it. <laughs> like, if I'm Lisa Fortier, I'm like, heck, yeah, I think we're going to win the league. You vote for your own team. Why is that a rule? Yeah, social media. I assume that's still a rule. Yeah. 
BYU picked to finish third on the women's side, 68 points. But the 10 combined first place votes going to Gonzaga and St. Mary's. So the Cougars picked to finish yeah. third. Cassie, who's offset? Cassie, you're picked third. Thumbs go up, t- thumbs down. Go tell your teammates. You're picked third. What? <laughs> fuel for the fire, fuel, she fuel, says. Okay. Fuel for the fire. So she told us that the goal, I basically surmised, okay, you want it to be lower. So that you're like, third. Arr. So that's good. She says, fuel for the fire. Rest of the poll. San Diego fourth. LMU number five. Santa Clara six. San Francisco in the seventh spot. And then the last three, Pacific Pepperdine and Portland, yeah. finished or picked to finish at the bottom of that poll. The all West Coast Conference preseason women's basketball team. You called it, Jerem. <laughs> And nobody saw this coming. The West Coast Conference reigning player of the year is picked to finish first team all-conference. Yeah, she's on there. So Jill Barta, Gonzaga, Stella Beck, St. Mary's on there, a guard. Maya Hood, San Diego. Gianna Laulu-Summers from Pacific. Good Sydney, shooter. Yeah. Is it Raggio? Raggio. From St. Mary's. Yasmin Robinson, Bacote. Bacote. Baycote. Baycote, Pepperdine. I should just have you read these because you call the games. Let's do that. Anna Island of San Francisco. I can do the next one. Laura Stockton. Yes. Daughter of John. Very good player. And Cheyenne Wallace of LMU. Those okay, so are all the players. juniors and seniors. No sophomores. So no freshmen impressed, everybody. Ten team, uh, you know, ten person team, one team. There's no second, third team. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, that's a good-looking group. There's a bunch of really good players in this league. But the best player last year was from BYU, and we just talked to her. Okay, to recap briefly, the coaches have picked Gonzaga to win the West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Championship. The ladies receiving eight first-place votes from the coaches. St. Mary's picked to finish second. BYU third, followed by San Diego. And Cassie Broadhead, the West Coast Conference 2016-17 Player of the Year, and is, only BYU player on the list, by the way. Is the only player on the preseason women's basketball list. Joining us now, our good friend, Jeff Judkins. What's up, Jeff? Uh, what's was up, up, guys? up from the meeting where they officially announced all this stuff. Yeah, it's all preseason. It's all, it's all you know, what you think, not really what you do. So okay. it's fine. Okay, that's yeah. that's the premise of our show, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a, like you got a dog on our mantra like that. Who did you vote for for first uh, in the league? I voted for Gonzaga. Yeah. You know, it was it was close out of them in St. Mary's. St. Mary's has everybody returning from their team, but they've they're missing a couple of good seniors that, that hurt us. I'm glad they're graduated. Uh, but Gonzaga won the league last year and they've got you know, Stockton and Barta back and that that's that's the main reason probably why they got first place. Yeah. I can think of one player that uh from St. Mary's that's not back and Devin Gallant, good a good shooter. She was a yes. from Oregon. So it'll be an interesting race. It o- it always is. We just asked Cassie Broadhead how she feels about the preseason polls. Cassie said, who? Sorry, Cassie DeVagere. DeVagere. Wow. I can kid hey. Hey, I can what, say that name up, better than any. Yeah, I'm yes. not blowing that name. <laughs> <laughs> and Cassie, they 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 butchered it in the thing. So hey, I'm, downstairs I'm, they did. I'm the only yeah, I'm the only one that can say it right. Devagere, not a yeah, baby. Sorry, the artist formerly known as Cassie Bryant. That's what now, we're gonna say if we Cassie can't remember how to Devagere. say it. Yeah. 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 Okay, BYU picked to finish third. She said that it's fuel for the fire. Like she likes to be picked lower, and even referenced BYU being picked to finish fourth uh, when BYU went to the Sweet Sixteen a few years ago. So, how do you feel about all that? Well, it's 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 looking at players that you've had in the past, and um, 
you know, you had last year, and you think they're going to come in and develop. And um, I think one thing we've done, probably as good as anybody, is we take somebody and they start young, and they don't get an opportunity to play a lot as a freshman because we have good players, and freshmen don't come in and beat everybody out. And then they gradually work their way, and then things, the light goes on, and they become really good players. And uh, I think you can see it with the, kid, the players I've had, Cassie, Morgan, Jen, Lexi was probably one that was top all the time, but I mean, those are players that we developed, that they worked hard, they got in the system, they got better, um, and I think that's what we try to do. So it doesn't bother me because I've got a lot of great young kids that didn't get an opportunity last year and are going to have opportunities this year. Do you have a player like that on your team that you've seen, okay, maybe they could be that next player, the next Cassie DeVachere? Uh Yeah, I think there's there's – Three or four, I think with development, yeah, in two years or maybe next year could really do it. I mean, this is probably the best freshman class I've had in a long time. Why is that? Well, they're all good players, number one. Number two is they, they're smart. They work hard. Um, a lot of them have a good feel of understanding what they need to do and you know, they're all different. Like, we have Sarah and Mal, who are six, seven, six, five. Both of them have surprised me, how they've played so well so far. Paisley is, to me, is another Cassie, the way she plays. She's very similar. Um, Maria is a great point guard, got a really good head on her shoulders. And, and uh, Ashley is solid, really a good defender, and, and it can play both one and two. And then um, Abby Mangum has come in and surprised a lot of people. She's this, walked, this is Tanner's younger yeah, sister. Yeah, she's walked on. You know, she had opportunities to go elsewhere and just felt like she wanted to be here. And I think she's she's done a really nice job. So, yeah, it, it's a good freshman group. I think a lot of them kind of proved last night in the blue-white game. They came out and played played very well. Well, and then your transfer, Malia Nawahine, speaking of playing well in well, the blue-white game, 22 points last night. I've heard about her for quite a while now from uh, you and Dan Nielsen. What dynamic does she bring to this year's team, well, teaming up with, with Cassie? Well, first of all, her and her and Cassie have kind of like clicked. Like they kind of are thinking the same things. I think part of it is their experience, part of it that um, Malia, she played for a really good high school coach, and so a lot of the stuff that she learned from her is what kind of what we're doing. And uh, she just has come in and just really given us a good, I mean, a good opportunity to be a lot better. She's a great defender. Um, she shoots the ball well. Last night was, I mean, um, unbelievable how well she shot the three. I hope she continues doing that. That'll make us. But the but the biggest thing is her experience of really knowing what you need to do and how you need to do it. And so it's been a real, it's been a real blessing for us to be able to have her come in and just fit into what we're trying to do. See, they didn't have her down, and that's great. You know, nobody knows about her, and and we're just happy for that. There's a new uh, head coach at Pepperdine. It's Delisha Milton-Jones, two-time Olympian, most games played ever in the WNBA. We'll talk to her coming up. Gold medalist. Do you have – twice. Do you have competition for best jump shot among the coaches in the league now? Um, maybe she will give me some competition. <laughs> have you been hoping for some competition? I, I would hope for some, yes. <laughs> Can anyone come close to you? Can any, do you think there's another coach in the league that can shoot as well as you right now? No. 
I, I don't think so. I, I maybe they think they can, but I don't. I love the I swag. I, don't think I love so. the swagger that you have <laughs> no. about this. No, I mean the, the, only, one, the, right the, only, one, the only one could give me a battle would be my own players. Who who would on your Ka- team? Cassie would give me a battle. She's what a about, great shooter. What about Kathy? Would she give you a battle? Yeah, Kathy would too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We can't give him a hard time anymore after the debate. He throws a Hail Mary and gets it. Everybody thought I was going to butcher that, too. That's the nice thing. Are you so proud of that? I'm really proud. I'm almost almost as proud of that as I am my jump shot. You are undefeated right now in name pronunciation. That's a good start. Got some good stock right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm buying buying the Jeff Judkins stock right now. Let's talk about the size uh, that you bring in. You mentioned 6'7", Sarah Hampson. Uh, uh, younger sister of Jennifer. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Mally Valgardson, 6'5". And then you have Michaela Hanks. Uh, Shalay Salmon is a player that uh, brings yeah. some size at 6'3". Like, there was clearly we have em- Haley Bodner, 6'4". Yeah. There's clearly an emphasis yes. to get size back at BYU. Yeah, we, we've tried for a number of years. Sometimes you luck out and you get somebody that's you know that ends up working out for you. But, uh, yeah, this is probably the best, probably the most size I've had in a long, long time. Um, and then I think our guard line, I've never been as, as deep at the guard line as I've, I am right now. I got I'm, everybody, you know, is coming in. And out, but you never know. Young kids and don't understand certain things, and it just takes, takes time. But I, but I do have some, some good veterans that are going to play quality minutes, and then the freshman will come behind him and, and hopefully, you know, get more and more confidence and, and be able to understand things. But I'm excited. You know, it's hard, you know, when you lose the players that I lost last year, you know, McKenzie and Kalani, it's it's tough. It's tough and four, it's it's tough to replace those. But I've got another five year player in Malia and I've got I got Chalet's Chalet's made a big improvement. You, I think people are gonna be shocked and see how 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 she's improved so much. The schedule is yet again tough. Uh, you play at Washington. You have Georgia at home. You have uh, Utah at home at Cal. There's some good games on there. What do you hope to accomplish in the non-conference before you return to this venue in March? Well, we'd we'd really like to kind of like to win all those games. That would really help us. But you know, if we could, we can beat some of the like last year. We lost two games that we probably should have won. We were right there. I think we can go. You know, ten and two or ten and one. And, Nine and two, something like that. I think we'd be real happy with what our schedule. That's it, just nine and two, just yeah. nine and two. Well, I, I mean, that, that's <laughs> I'm what kidding. I'm aiming for. Yeah, I mean, you're I, aiming I'm, for eleven and zero. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I, I'd like to be eleven and zero, but we scheduled the hard schedule, and so does Gonzaga, so does St. Mary's. The two, the three of us, try to schedule hard and try to play good teams. People don't want to play us all the time, but we've we've been able to work it out and 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 do it. So we're kind of excited. Now, what I'm noticing is with this schedule, more home games than yes. I've seen in the recent past. And I know that was a big concern for you the, the previous few years. It was, like, it was a great schedule, but a lot of away tournaments, yeah. never, not really on your home floor. Correct. And so we kind of had to go out there first and kind of do some things first to be able to get them, you know, to come back. And, like, we play Cal at Cal, so next year we'll have that game. Of course, Utah just worked out this year that they're, with, uh, they're here. But yeah, but you know, other people don't realize those teams are great. But Utah State's a very good team. Colorado State won their league; they're good. Northern Colorado went to the tournament. Uh, I mean, we don't have a real like we got five easy teams. We don't, you know. And and uh, 
you know, Utah Valley will be better this year. They've got everybody coming back. Um, we're playing Southern Utah, the opener, with, with my uh, assistant coach that was with, with me, Chris Betcher. He's got a good team. And so we're kind of excited. We're, we're excited about, the, about our schedule because, like you said, Spencer, we're home a little bit more. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be nice. And hopefully we can build up a good fan base and so we can do well in our, you know, in our conference. The real question is, when is uh, Kids Day? What, what game is well, that? Well, you know, we're talking about two, two times. Two this year to do it twice. Yes, yes. I love it. Yeah, we're definitely doing it. The Utah Valley game. Okay, that's okay. on November twenty uh, first. Yeah, and then I just talked to uh, Paul Thomas and said, "Hey, we're really thinking about doing the St. Mary's game, which was, I think he said it was January or February. I can't remember. We, at our Thursday night, January twenty so, fifth. Yeah, so we would try to do it that that afternoon i asked him if he would be all right doing it and he said yeah you know it's good for our conference so i love Tell him i to, love the energy my eardrums do yeah. not oh. love it i was going to say you need to <laughs> warn him of how amazing it's going to be well he 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 had to do it last year with LMU which we're going to do this year mm. we're playing in the kids game at LMU and he goes that was pretty loud and i said you you don't understand we're going to have 5 6000 kids and they were i might have been in a lot of loud, loud arenas yes. and i don't know what it is but those the made the tone of those voices is louder. It's louder. It's like it's like a, a certain decibel. Like it's I understand. Piercing. I understand piercing. what a dog whistle is like <laughs> in that moment. That, that is true. That's a good explanation of it. And that's what it, and it and it was. I mean, I was going, man, it's loud. And yeah, so you're in a timeout at home, <laughs> and you're trying to expl- draw something up in a crucial moment, and the SpongeBob theme is playing, and you can't hear yeah, it. Justin Bieber comes on, and people go absolutely. I know. Bonkers. It's worse during timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it'll, Just get it's out all, there. so that's what we're trying to do. So we hope we could do that, and of course we play Gonzaga on a Saturday. So hopefully we'll get a good crowd. And um, you know, I mean, the scoreboard is awesome. Everything we've got now at BYU. Uh, one of my ex players now is coaching with me, Kim Kim Parker, and she goes, "This arena is so much different than when I played with the new bleach chairs and scoreboard and everything." And so we're. We're excited for a really fun season. Yeah, I called quite a few of uh, formerly Kim Beeson, now Kim Parker, who's yeah. coming up from Southern Utah, correct? Yeah, correct. So she's up, she's up now. Um, from her perspective, how does she feel that the Annex, and, and you for that matter, how do you feel like that now that that's integrated, it has made an impact on your program? Because last week we would have been in an old little gym, running around, worrying about somebody's going to slip and fall and get hurt. And this last week for homecoming, it was awesome. I mean, intensity could get things done. I couldn't ask for for me for a coach to have anything better than that. And and my players have taken advantage of it. Uh, one of my goals is to tell them to shoot every day, and uh, they've they've made a really effort. And I think it proved in our game there tonight. They shot the ball really well, and so hopefully we you know people won't realize how nice that is to have. And we're we're excited. Uh, do you ever get shots up in the annex yourself? You ever go and you're just like, I just need to shoot right now. Uh, I kind of get a few of my shots, but not not as much as I used to. You know, I used to go, like to go shoot. Do you kinda, want to rebound for us? <laughs> kind of what we did this year. This was kind of a new thing that I wanted to do. I, I told my, my players I wanted to shoot, you know, 20, 20 foul shots or 25 foul shots every day. And then in two weeks, 
will add up how many you make, and and, and the winner will receive something. Yes. Maybe not let them run lines or something. Yeah. I can't give them a gift because of violation. So uh, the gift is not running lines. Like that's yeah. a gift. That's a, that's yeah. a great but, gift. That's but a this, compliant but this gift. This is the ticker. Is a coach is going to shoot also. Oh. And if you lose and get below the coach's score, oh. then you owe me major. Who, who's the coach? You? No, was it, last week it was Kim and Ray, and they only three players beat them. So, Whoa. You know, so. Ray still so, got it. Ray still got it, you know. No, Kim still has it. Kim made – she made 95 out of 100. So Whoa! <laughs> she, wow! I know. She's, she's a sharp she, shooter. She can still shoot wow. it. So, But, uh, yeah, we're trying to do that a little bit. Do you so maybe you guys – maybe I'll, I'll tell do. I'll have you guys come a week and and you challenge them. Here, here's coach. what we need. I need to be able to we get need in the thumbprint. thumbprint. We need the thumbprint to get in the okay, building. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll work on that. I'll work on <laughs> and it. And the shooting shirt. That would be your greatest. Okay, and a shooting need. shirt. And yeah. a shooting yeah. shirt. Yeah. And a basketball. And what else? Shoes too to match, all right? No, no, no. Just those okay. two things. Okay. <laughs> we don't ask for much. No, I love that. We just always hey, get By the other day, want... somebody asked me for an autographed picture of you guys. And I said, I've got one in my office. Is it but, still up? Yeah, but I can't give it up until I get another one. <laughs> <laughs> On your desk. Your family. I love the it. House, I the housewarming gift for your I look office. at you guys every day. I poked my head into Dave Rose's office the other day. It's not in there. <laughs> it's in my office. <laughs> it's not in there, it's but in it's there. in yours. We yeah, know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Band of brothers with you. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Coach, great to talk to you, man. Yeah. Good to see you in Vegas in October. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is this is nice, I think, to kind of get the thing going. And um, we're excited for a really fun season. And we hope a lot of people come out and support us. We really – we have a very good home court advantage, but we'd even have more if more people came and, and cheered us on. All right, my friend. Uh, take your, uh, you know, prescribed BYU Sports Nation karma. Do so. Uh, do do what do what you will with it. You know. Go and lose no more. <laughs> lose no more. Right. Here, right? Uh, you can implement it where you want it right now because this is the preseason. <laughs> but uh, always great talking to you. Thank you, you guys. Thanks, Jeff. Fun. You got it. The head basketball coach at BYU for the women's side, Jeff Judkins. <laughs> Always bringing it. Devagere. Devagere. Crushed it, man. That's a deep three right there, man. And coming up, we'll talk with a two-time Olympic gold medalist and a new head coach in the league. And what are your preseason expectations for BYU basketball? You want to be happy? Manage your expectations, Sharon. Okay. This third, is not third, a marital class. Third place class. at NIT, then. This, this is not a marital class. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan from the appropriately named Studio V in Las Vegas. It's our second home. It really is. We've done more shows here than anywhere else outside of Studio B. So we love it. It is Studio B South. We have a lot Brian of names for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out we to Brian Keel, by the way. That's great. Uh, hey, you should watch BYU TV tomorrow night, roughly 9 p.m. Eastern. Because the women's soccer team is playing 13th ranked Pepperdine. This is a very important game in league for both teams. Check it out on BYU TV and BYU Radio and those apps. Refreshing today's BYUS and headlines. BYU football trying to end that six-game losing streak. They will take on East Carolina in Greenville on Saturday. The Pirates and Cougars, an epic matchup. One of the an epic matchup. Yes, one of the worst offenses against the worst defense in the country yeah basketball media days for the west coast conference are in las vegas today the preseason poll announced 
Gonzaga for the women's side is the preseason favorite, followed by St. Mary's and the Brighamites. Eight first-place votes for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And joining us now is the head coach of Gonzaga, Lisa Fortier. Lisa, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Up, coach. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We're fantastic. It's hey, Vegas in October. We're happy to be here. You know? It's, it's fine 80, by me. 80 degrees outside. <laughs> that is fine by me. And yes. we don't have to broadcast 17 basketball games over the next two Not days. Yes. <laughs> We're excited for that in March, but that's a little later. You're the preseason favorite to win the league. Is that something you like? You don't care? What do you think? Um... I think it's better than not being maybe the preseason favorite. Uh, some people think it's a, a negative because you have a target on your back or um, you have expectations to uphold, and we kind of feel those regardless. Um, we put our own expectations and um, on ourselves, and in the conference it doesn't really matter. So uh, everybody's gunning for everybody. So I think I don't really care either way. Is there a rule that you can't vote for your own team? There is that rule. Why can't you vote for your own team? Wouldn't it make sense for you to think that your team would win? We're going to win it. Yeah. Uh, Like like liking a post on Instagram? Of course, you can't like your own post. Well, I think it seems a little, like, conceited. Right. But I like, clearly I like my stuff. Right. I think it's it's inferred. It's inferred. I know. It's inferred that I I want us to win the conference. Yes. Yeah. It's inferred that I like my Instagram posts. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably wouldn't post it. But if I saw someone like it, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, well, you don't, you don't why agree? not? You had no idea because, this was going to happen. I did I, not. I, I, I don't know what to expect here. I, that's good. I think there should be nine votes for Gonzaga. I think there should be one from you. Yeah. But when I see Samaria was trying Maybe go, well, I wouldn't have voted for myself. Maybe I think someone else is better. True. That could happen. But that's not the case. You won the league. Uh, St. Mary's, too. So we know that you're one of the other votes. Are you interested in knowing who the other team was that voted for St. Mary's? You're like, who was it? Was it you, Paul Thomas? Was it you, Jeff Judkins? <laughs> well, I'm glad that it's there because then I can tell the team that I know. You know, I, I, BYU didn't vote for us. They voted for St. Mary's. You know what? We play St. Mary's tomorrow. They didn't vote for us. So I can use it every Motivation. single time. Yeah, yes. that's what this feels yeah. like. It's Motivation. it's fun kind of banter in context, but it also it could be used for motivation for some teams, right? Like Cassie uh, Broadhead said, listen, I like being picked low because then it's kind of fuel to the fire. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And I I would say that every coach is looking for motivation. So you use it the best you can. I know that uh, I've joked with, uh, Pacific, and we play them every single year on a Saturday, and he has his team convinced that it's because we said that we don't need time to prepare for him, which is <laughs> clearly not the case. He's a great friend of mine, but stop telling your team that. So, may- <laughs> so maybe it was Pacific that voted for St. Mary's? I don't know. It, it definitely was Pacific. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll find out. We'll send our investigators. We will team find out. out. We will find out. Lisa Fortier, the head coach of Gonzaga Women's Basketball with us on BYU Sports Nation. Boy, you bring back uh, some serious talent. Jill Barta, Laura Stockton. Like When you have that as your core, it's got to make you feel pretty good about uh, what you are capable of in the next approaching season. Well, I mean, there's some level of comfort. You know that there are players who have um, had success on a big scale, and so that's a good thing. We have a lot of new players who we are expecting big contributions from, and some players on our team who haven't had um a ton of minutes or, you know, a lot of expectation put on them. And so they're a little bit unknown. But Stockton and Barda have played well in big games and yeah. tournament games and different things. And they've also been playing since they were freshmen. So, you know, there's it, it's a new team and leadership and, and what your, your new offense is going to look like and who's going to defend and who's going to get the rebounds. All of those things come into play. But it's better than having, you know, all unknowns. You like to have – coaches like to have a little bit of – steady and they have to show it this year it's a new year so the conference is different every team BYU hasn't had a six seven 
player since Barda's been in the league. And, you know, LMU hasn't had a 6-3 wing since they've been in the league. So there are things that are going to change. But, sure, I'll, I'll take it any day having um, two returning conference award winners with the caliber that they are. What role does John Stockton play in the program with his daughter on the team? How much does he interact with the team and whatnot? Yeah, um, not as much as people think. He's a great fan of ours. He's at all of our games. Um, now, you know, their family is very systematic with the way that they attend their um, their children's games. And so I never would have guessed organization <laughs> with John. Right. So the the oldest gets priority and the senior gets priority. And so now uh, her siblings are either professionals or um, in high school. And so she's kind of the priority. Plus, it's pretty easy to get to most of our games since they're right there in Spokane. So um, he's in at all of our games and occasionally um, has offered some advice if necessary, but mostly before Laura was on the team. You know, he had you? talked, uh, no, with Kelly Graves and like yeah. with Courtney Vandersloot. He's always sure. been, you know, the program is important to him. Mm-hmm. But I think since Laura's on the team, he's kind of taken a dad role. And then maybe after I can pick his brain about pick and roll or yeah. um, those types of things. But right now he's he's mostly just watching. What could John Stockton possibly teach you about the pick and right? roll? Right? I mean... <laughs> Does Laura have a flip phone like her dad? She doesn't. Okay, just no, need she's to check. A, she's a fan of modern technology. That's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Because there, there was a photo over the weekend. John Stockton went to the LSU football game with Carl Malone, right. and they both had their flip phones out. And Hilarious. Like, yes. What in the world? That's fantastic. It's just to prove a point. You know, it, it, there's, a, there's a running joke. I don't even actually know if it's true. At Gonzaga, there's this really old set of weights that you can't adjust, and they're like these straight barbells with not that much weight. And... Um, they we've redone the weight room several times. We built a new weight room, and those seem to always show up. And the rumor is that John Stockton and Steve DeLong, our old athletic trainer, said that we could we were getting it done back in the day with these. You guys can do just the same. You don't need all this fancy stuff. <laughs> just so. lip that. That's great. That's yeah, great. Yeah, he made it happen. What's it like to have the fan base that you play in front of on a game-to-game basis? Because we without fail, every time we come down here or we're around Gonzaga fans, we can't help but just – and it's. It's packed in the kennel. Impressed and overwhelmed. Yeah. What's that like to have that? Yeah, it's pretty special. Um, I think that it's uh, very unique in, in women's basketball in general. Where I think Gonzaga this year was either one or two in capacity because our, our building's not huge, but it's still always almost sold out or sold out. And so it's a great environment for our student-athlete. And we've talked over the years to the WBCA and all the coaches' associations about how to improve the student-athlete experience. And um, it's a great selling point that there's no place better um, outside a couple you know, on, on, the, on the very top to come and play a women's basketball game or, or a basketball game in general, we'd argue. But we're talking women's hoops right now. So it, it's exciting. I think sometimes it helps the other team because people get, get up, up for that game. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone comes in there and is brings their B game. You know what I mean? You're, you're playing in front of a bunch of people. You don't get to do that all the time, depending on where you're coming from. Um, but we're very thankful for our fans and the support we get in Spokane. Lisa, great to have you with us. Uh, also, thank you for the social media ethics conversation. Yeah, about, I uh, look forward gram. to seeing you like your own post on <laughs> the gram, as I call it. I, I yeah. will see what I can do. Maybe if I post something really great. <laughs> From yes. uh, Vegas here, yes. yeah. I really good. like my own post. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's weird. You're right. It's weird. <laughs> it is weird. Hey, coming up, we'll talk with a two-time Olympian and gold medalist. Yeah, not just an Olympian, but you mentioned two-time Olympic gold medalist, and she's the newest head coach in the West Coast Conference. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the Orleans Arena. It is West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days. We are in hour two of this two-hour BYU Sports Nation special, which we will have another two-hour special tomorrow yeah, as well. Baby. All about the ladies. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. When I say all about the ladies on day number one. That's right. And behind the mic is on tonight, BYU Radio and the app 8 Eastern Time with Greg Rubel. Mark Durant makes his debut on Behind the Mic. It is literally the biggest show Greg Rubel has ever done. It's coming up tonight at 8 Eastern Time. <laughs> no pressure. That's what Mark would texted me to say. Yes. Oh, yeah. then, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course. Well, the thing is, I would believe that he yeah, actually Yeah, Mark did would that. text me that. Joining us now is the newest head coach in the West Coast Conference on the ladies' side, Delisha Milton-Jones, two-time Olympic gold medalist and the pride of Riceboro, Georgia. <laughs> yes. Right? I just yes. learned that. You did. Yes, Welcome you did. to BYU Sports Nation and the West Coast Conference Media Day. Thank you for having me, Spencer and Jerem. This is a pleasure. I love your energy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. We're excited to be in Vegas. Uh, the BYU football team's one and six, so we're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's talk basketball. This will be great. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you a Tech fan or a Georgia fan? I am a Georgia fan. Okay. Yeah. It's good to be you right now. Yeah. How does yeah. it feel to have all of those wins? <laughs> <laughs> What's Feels it like? Good. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good on the other side. <laughs> so you play, you were a two-time Olympic gold medalist, mm-hmm. played more games than anybody in WNBA history. Mm-hmm. Then you retire and you go to Malibu. That just makes sense. You figured out life. That's a you good choice. You figured out life. Yes, yes. I've kind of been thrown a few bones, you know, here or there. You know, I, I couldn't ask for a better situation. Uh, being drafted to California, playing in the league 17 years, 11 of those in Los Angeles, living in Marina Del Rey, and then, boom, I get a job in Malibu. Yay That's pretty. me. <laughs> Great setup. Yay me. Yeah. You, you need to tell us what you're doing so that we can set ourselves up on that path. It's Good called grief. a little bit of luck. The athleticism the helped as well. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you in the West Coast Conference, and mm-hmm. I'm sure Pepperdine is, is thrilled to have you in the mix. Uh, we also learned that your husband, Roland, is going to be on your staff. Yes, he is. How does that dynamic work out? It works well. You know, actually, um, what's funny is um, probably in 2005 when he was on a semi-pro team in the ABA, I actually was the coach of that team. So he got a little taste of me being the boss. Are you the boss in your marriage, or does it flip? I'm the boss at work. He's the boss at home. Okay, yeah. So so we have good balance. Okay, balance is important. Okay, the preseason poll just came out. Pepperdine picked to finish ninth. Yes. Do you care about this? I don't care. (laughs) Is it motivation? Is it? Uh, We can use it as motivation, but our focus. And um, is on other things and more so on us and what we think of ourselves and where we want to position ourselves to be. And we know that that's not true to the standards that we have set from now moving into the future. But we're definitely going to make it our sole purpose to inch more and more closer to that number one spot. So we're here to make some noise. There you go. You are a woman of m- multiple talents, and we could spend forever talking about this, including your role in uh, For Love and Basketball. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah. Are you a better actor, or is your husband a better coach? I'm a better actor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's like, what? Yeah. Alicia, it's great to have you again in the West Coast Conference. Thank, Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. We'll this talk to you pleasure. in the approaching months. Yes, yes. Hope it, to see you in March. That's okay. right. In Provo, maybe on BYU TV, depending on oh. if that's TV. I can't remember right now, but I'm talking anyway. <laughs> or in March on the WCC. Either okay. way. In Sounds the WCC good. Tournament. Sounds yeah, good. Awesome. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you, fellas.
Riceboro, Georgia. Don't forget it. <laughs> she has two gold medals. Uh, bring them in March. Just so we can okay, okay. okay. Sounds good? I got yeah. you. I got yeah. you. <laughs> Coming up, the Rise and Shout. Who gets it? Two-hour dish. Oh, yeah. Of a two-hour edition. That's intense, man. I don't know. We're going to have to figure it out Make during the break. Make up our minds during the break. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. It's been a good day in Las Vegas. Yes, it has been, Ice Cube. Day number one of West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days, focusing on the ladies today. We had a ton of guests. We appreciate all of their time. And uh, more to come, my friend. Yeah, this is day one. We'll be back day two uh, tomorrow with a two-hour edition of the show. Who gets today's Rise and Shout? Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Ashley Hatch, Rookie of the Year in the NWSL. Congratulations. Also, to all my homies who are going to call it The Gram with me, okay? Uh-huh. And, and in case you missed it, we're putting a ton of content on The Gram behind the scenes. My fellow ward member... Uh, Julian Riley, who's also our floor director, he's putting it out there. Check it out. Yeah, follow BYU Sports Nation. Just straight up do BYU it. Sports Nation. On the gram, baby. Our tweet of the day from at BYU for me. I don't know what my expectations are, but I'd ask my friend, President Coach Cleveland. He understands what we are up against this year. Is it that bad? No, I don't think it's that bad. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Audio podcast on iTunes. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to all of the West Coast Conference basketball and coaches. And Noah Hartsock. And Noah Hartsock. <laughs> <laughs>